Welcome to Higher Perspective with Pam and Eliza. I have water in a sippy cup right now because (laughs) I am too lazy to go downstairs to get a bottle of water. So I'm just going to drink water out of a sippy cup. That's fair. Because that's what moms do. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was six years old and still using a sippy cup. And my parents gave me crap for it. But I was determined to hold on to it for as long as I could. (laughs) (laughs) Today's episode is going to be a fun one. So fun. Been waiting for this one to come out. Let's do it. Let's do it. And you really have. Like, thank you for (laughs) your dedication and pushing this through and I know you're really excited about this one and I'm excited too and thank you for everyone who's participated because yes. this is our Q&A episode yeah hey. why don't you explain a little bit of what that is so that folks know what to do if they want to submit a question after this right so just hit me up say you want to ask a question and I'll send you the link And they can hit you up on Instagram, right? We're at the Higher Perspective Podcast. That's it. (laughs) That's our handle. (laughs) Higher Perspective Podcast. (laughs) Hit us up on Instagram. (laughs) Slide in the DMs. That's right. We actually respond. Consensually. Um. (laughs) All right. So let's jump right into it. Awesome. What is something you struggle with the most about your self-journey in healing? It could be in your love life or really any part of your life, but what do you find you have struggled with the most? That was my, I guess I'll say it, my beautiful friend, Bianca. What? What do you mean you guess you'll say? (laughs) What was that? (laughs) That's a little dig. Oh, okay. I was like, okay, that's an inside joke. I'm like, mm, there's something I'm missing here. Well, Bianca, I was, I was defending you. <laughs> like, what? Well, beautiful friend Bianca, that was an amazing question. Thank you so much for asking and for for your support of our podcast. So I can jump right in here, Eliza, if that works with you. Go ahead. I think the part that I struggle with the most is relaxing. Mm. And I think relaxing is also synonymous with surrendering. I'm becoming increasingly more aware of perhaps resistance that I might put forth towards things. So that can come out by me wanting to control the circumstances or before, you know, like I said, I'm a recovering perfectionist. So by wanting to make things perfect and it's like, girl, can I just like live a little and like (laughs) let up, you know, just give into the flow, give up the resistance and give into the flow. And so that that's just hard for me. That's something that I've been working on for a while and I'm increasingly getting better at it, but would love to just give into the flow and let things be and have more fun. What about you, Eliza? 
I think I'm currently dealing, I mean, I think I've always struggled with it, but it's recently been brought to my attention um, that I'm more committed to relationships than I am with myself. Mm. And it's kind of hard to speak on that right now because I'm still trying to figure it out. But I guess how I've been trying to figure it out is, you know, one, I noticed it and that's the first step. Uh, So now I'm sitting with it and I'm asking myself questions and where did that come from? What can I learn? How to move past it? And why I feel that need or just naturally go to all my energy and commitment to relationships. And I kind of just put myself in the backseat. So Mm -hmm. currently that's kind of what I'm dealing with now. Yeah, put yourself first girl get it get it great question Bianca and thank you I love it yes thank you love it strong way to start off the podcast man love it let's go next to my boy here he goes my question is what would you do differently if you knew that nobody would judge you that's Alfred he had that voice since he was in like sixth grade That's a strong voice. That is a manly voice. I love it. You you should start your own podcast. Alfred. That is it's a great voice for broadcasting. Right? I also love this question. I feel like this question had me thinking a lot. I'm saying, right? Like there's there's layers <laughs> to this question, Alfred. I see you. There's, there's layers. I'll jump in with this one because I've mm-hmm. been like pondering with it, but I used to struggle with my feminine and masculine energy. And I know Mm -hmm. we all have that. But I think because I'm gay, when I was younger, I really tried to divide that and play the role for whoever was around me in their comfort zones. And I spent a lot of time considering other people's comfort zones to the point where I was uncomfortable In a way, I kind of lost myself without even getting to know myself. So I tried to be too boyish when it came to dating girls. I tried to be really feminine and dressed girly. I think we spoke about this before when it came to like family or I guess the older generation. And it took a very long time for me to just not care about those things and then just to become myself. But I wish I did that earlier. Mm. Well, I'm glad that you realized that. And I know you wanted to do that earlier, but it's so good that you're doing it now. What about you, Pam? That's amazing. You know, I probably wouldn't like try so hard. I mean, I'm trying to not try so hard. I feel like I have a lot of ambition and I work really hard. And I think that that's a very valuable skill set and trait to have. So I think it's good. But then sometimes it's just like I need to balance that out with, you know, stopping to enjoy the fruits of my labor now. Yeah. And I think I I feel like someone's going to judge me if I don't do that, which is what, what made me think of, of this as a response. Because he's like, if, if nobody was watching, like I kind of feel like someone's watching or something. But I think I have that feeling because it's me. It's like I'm the one judging myself if I'm not working yeah. super hard and doing all the things. Like it's really hard for me to just like sit and rest. So thank you, Alfred, for asking that question because it is a reminder that it's my own voice 
and my own my own thought process and my own self right. that is really leading this and I deserve to relax more. So thank yes, you. you. Yes, you do. And also, you remember those crazy straws as a kid? Mm-hmm. I would still use those if I weren't feel like I was going to get judged. But thank- <laughs> that was a great question, Alfred. Wear mismatched socks. People still mis- do that, you know. Yeah, me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Purposely, though? No, just like socks are just such a thing. It's like, I, I don't things. know. Right? That's like crazy. the laundry eats them. Like, I don't know. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next one. Hi, Eliza and Pam. My question is how to deal with friends who can be energy vampires. I have a friend, I guess at this point, she's more of an acquaintance who every time I spend time with her, um, she just really drains me. Uh, She is very competitive with me. I feel like she's often trying to one-up me when I tell stories, make comparisons to her own experiences. And sometimes I just feel like she's judging me. And I guess, you know, I, I try to put up healthy boundaries when I see her, but it's just always so hard. And yet she's still very much a part of my friendship circle. She very much still wants to be my friend. So I really don't know what to do about this situation moving forward. HB, thank you so much for this question. Hi, Heather. Yes, I think this is such an important question. I feel like we all have experiences with energy vampires, which is just someone who leaves you feeling drained, more exhausted or drained after you've been around them. Um, So a couple of things. One, it sounds like, you know, you had said that she's in your friendship circle. So because my first thought is like, do you need this person as a friend? Because it, it's the competitiveness. It seems like this person is probably insecure and, and, and something about either you or your success or your dynamic sort of triggers that insecurity where, where it comes out in a competitive way or aggressive way towards you. So number one, it's like, I'm such a believer of people don't need to be invited to sit at your table to eat and you could still be a godly person and you can still be a spiritual person you can pray for them you know you can wish them well that doesn't mean that you need to like invite them into your home so that would be one but it seems like you know the situation here is you are putting boundaries but this individual is in your circle so you're just going to see this person sometimes so in that case when it's sort of like unavoidable i think setting an intent for yourself when you're going into it saying look like to yourself like I know what this is going to be this person sort of drains me so I'm going to limit my interactions with them as much as possible speak up for yourself kindly when you can and then you know afterwards really just do what you need to do to wash that energy off of you whether it's taking a shower journaling running because it that is affecting your aura you can also i think um visualizations are really powerful so if you're going into a situation with someone who is sort of an energy vampire and you know this already envisioning yourself 
surrounded by a white light or um, envisioning your aura kind of just really strong and expansive might help just so you're sort of creating like an energetic like barrier around you. Um, but it seems like you're doing all the right things. So so just keep at it, girl. And I'm sorry. I know energy vampires are tough. Yeah, it's kind of like a moth to a flame. Like, I think there's if you have a bright light, people are either going to be intrigued by you or threatened by you without them even noticing it. And those people are the unhappiest people. You know, they have like the most insecurities and they know we're supposed to have empathy for them. But at the end of the day, like, I'll share a drink with you, but you can carry your own luggage because we're catching different flights, right? Like she's not even on your level. You guys aren't headed in the same direction. So back to what Pam said. Yeah, just wash that energy off. Don't carry her with you. Did you just come up with that? I did. (laughs) (laughs) I I just had this visualization while you were talking. I'm just saying, like, I feel like there's like an untapped skill and talent here (laughs) where you just come up with these visualizations and these one-liners that I'm just like, it clicks. I'm obsessed. <laughs> we're, I care. We we gotta carry our own baggage as we're going on different flights. I mean, we may be at the same airport, <laughs> but we're going. <laughs> like, I love that. Run with it, girl. Claim it. All right. Let's jump into the next one. Hey, my name is Krista, and I just want to ask, like, what is your take on twin flames, karmic relationships, and soulmates? Do you actually believe that? people have twin flames like i want to know more of what your take on it krista awesome i love it she's on her self-love journey too and she's doing a great job and i just want to put that out there Um, i believe it or i choose to believe it i don't know i think uh i actually ordered this book accidentally which was on soulmates karmic love and twin flame and I think that's so can you can you take a step back and define it for us what's a twin flame and what's right I mean I think most people are familiar with soulmate but maybe not everybody with twin flame and I guess like the karmic relationship right yes so soulmates are like uh family like people you've known before people you might have lived in a uh you knew each other in another life so when you meet them again you just feel comfortable your soul recognizes them and you always go back to them. So if they're like an ex and it didn't work out and you get with someone else, you'll always find yourself going back to that ex because you have this strong, familiar, comfortable place with each other. Mm-hmm. And they say that you may end up marrying your soulmate, but your soul's not ready to meet your twin flame in this lifetime. But we'll get to the twin flame. But the karmic love is that one person that you want it to work so bad with. And it just never does. Mm. You do everything you can. You change yourself. And no matter how many ways you twist and turn, it just never works out. But I think personally, I think I've met a karmic love And I think that they're meant to show you when you break into pieces and you 
the relationship doesn't work out and you look at the floor and you see all these pieces of yourself on the floor, you're forced to look at them and you're forced to put yourself back together. Mm. And I think you're forced to build yourself up in a way where you would never allow yourself to be broken for anyone else again. That's what your karmic love is there to teach you, challenge you and teach you about yourself. But your twin flame is someone supposedly that you never see coming and they are in your life to challenge you, but in all the right ways and mm. to accept you for exactly who you are, flaws and all, you don't have to change for them. And you may not recognize this person at first, but they're meant to be a part of your journey and guide you to grow together spiritually. That is a twin flame where mine is. I don't know. She's still playing around <laughs> off somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> She's not shining. The both of you like just need to match each other's flame and like meet each other. That's cute. That is cute. What about uh, you? Do you believe in uh, soulmates, karmic love, and twin flame? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely believe that there are people put in your path romantically and not, actually. Like, I think I think soulmate, I think your friend can be... Like, to me, soulmate is almost like, sort of like, if you take it back literally, like, a friend that's like a soul connection. Right. You know, like, there's just... I believe in reincarnation. And so my personal belief is that we actually choose to come into this life and choose to be born. And I also believe that we choose our family. So, which could be a really heavy blow to a <laughs> lot of us, like, you know, but yeah, we choose our family. And so I also believe that there, you kind of travel in packs and like soul packs. So for example, your grandmother or great grandma who's who's in spirit she may wait until most of the the generations have passed on so that people so that everyone can kind of reincarnate together mm. and come together so i sort of believe that can also extend to friendship or romantic right relationships so i definitely believe it i don't necessarily think that you have to marry this person right like just because you have a karmic relationship and you said this like just because you have a karmic relationship doesn't mean that that is the relationship you need to continue in with this life sometimes actually it's a karmic relationship someone who you just have this like like a lot of charge with a lot of electricity with sometimes that's put in your life so that you can wrap it up so that you can like get closure and you can close right. the relationship and then move on. Um, so I do believe in that concept, but I think it can play out different ways. Do you think that your great grandma could be your boyfriend or girlfriend generations later? I mean, <laughs> I guess <laughs> like that was a joke. Okay. I was like, <laughs> like, let's just save this this for a whole other day. And <laughs> in, in general, how I would how I will give an answer to that is that yes, we can switch roles. Not yes to that specific question, okay. but like in general, 
you can switch roles. So like if your siblings and in one life, then maybe it could be an aunt and a niece in another one, you know, or friends in another one. So you can switch roles, but <laughs> you know, never say never, but yeah, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Krista. I, ple- I plead the fifth. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Krista. That was, that was awesome. Okay. Next one. Can you explain negativity and or evil as it exists in this realm of asking people to be good? And how can someone who does not understand goodness innately continue forward and not be deterred by negativity or evil in this world? Uh, first of all, one. <laughs> yes, it is China. Shout out to China, who is also extremely, really intuitive, just like most of our friends, Heather included. Like, just yeah, so much love. Uh, thank you for your support. Thank you. Um, yeah, that is a great question. Um, That's all you, Pam. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, I, to be very honest, I'm still forming my beliefs on evil. And negativity, because I am someone who, how I work and how I want to see life is, is really like rosy. It's like glass half full. And especially when I do my readings, like, I'm like, I want to make it so crystal clear who's invited to my house that if, if you are of a lower vibration, you're not even on my street. You're not even in my city because um no, like that's not, that's not what I'm here for. So because of that, I really don't think about it a lot, but I think it is a very fair, it's some, it's very fair to discuss. And so even though I'm forming my beliefs on it, I can tell you kind of my idea on that so far like negativity does exist i would call it lower vibration i would call it lower frequency um and that definitely exists i mean we're seeing that right now with with russia and ukraine there's so many examples all over the world of what we would call evil so it does exist i think on a larger philosophical spiritual scale i wonder If there is, you know, I don't know. I'm just going to stop there. I think, I think it does exist. That is why it is so important to be of the light. And I Mm -hmm. think that is why it's so important to do good and to be good to yourself and to talk about love and to be loving. I think that is why it's so important because there is a lot of negativity going on in this world. It is hard work to not succumb to it sometimes. Um, And succumbing to it could look like, you know, just becoming depressed about it or getting stuck in it, getting anxiety or, or feeling angst around all the things that happen. We are all inextricably linked. So what is happening someplace in, in Africa, it is affecting us here. Uh, wherever you live in New York, wherever you are in the States, in Europe, it is affecting you. You're not seeing it that way, but it is because we're all humans on this planet and we are all inextricably linked on a spiritual level. And so, of course, it's going to have some impact. I think that is where we we dig in deep into our inner fortitude, our inner purpose, 
And with purpose, we do good in the world. And I think that's the only thing you can do is just to continue to to do good and continue to be of the light. And China specifically is very much of the light. And Mm -hmm. so your presence and your being on this planet is having an impact. It's having ripple effects on all of this. So just continue to shine how you are shining because we can only control ourselves not not really anything else not we can't control how other people behave we control how how we behave and what we do in this world so continue shining continue shining girl Mm -hmm. and this question actually really fascinates me because i watch a lot of crime documentaries almost every day and (laughs) you know slide note it's you know while that's playing in the background you'll get a really good nap but (laughs) While they're talking about like, no, yeah, I have the best naps. <laughs> You're like, um, Ooh, this is a great lullaby. There's something calming about it. I don't know. <laughs> See, I don't know. You a Pisces. Sometimes I gotta <laughs> check my Pisces friends. Like, mm, don't sleep on the Pisces, man. <laughs> don't sleep. Y'all come across so super compassionate and like loving, and then it's like I go to sleep to murder documentary. <laughs> It's my thing. (laughs) I think that where there's There's light, there's always going to be dark. And I think that's just the way the world is. I think that without the dark, we won't be able to define or even acknowledge the light. And as unfortunate as that sounds, I just think it's a part of human nature just as being good is a part of human nature. And I think that if if you're born without empathy, you're just lost. Because I feel without that, like you said, like you live in the bottom of your spirituality, right? You, you're you living at your lower spirit and your lower ego. Yeah. And I think and maybe we can dedicate a whole like sort of episode to this because I think it's there's more to say and it's never an excuse. But I think you know, at least in in the readings that I do where people are coming forward with apologies, there's always a backstory, right? Like we, we never, like we said that we've established that we're all really linked, like who we are at this given moment is, is pretty much always a composite of everything that has predated this moment, everything that we've experienced. And Sometimes in people's history, that includes a lot of abuse, a lot of a lot of different things. And it's, it's never an ex- excuse. But what you said about being lost, I think on a grander spiritual scale, because the spirit world is benevolent, I think it, it might map back up to that, mm-hmm. where it's sort of like, we just get caught up in the illusion of greed or money or, you know, okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, you can just edit that out. Just edit my response out. Go ahead. Just talk too much. Anyway, we can end with. Love you, Chena. Love you, Chena. Thank you so much for your question. I'm keeping all that in. Okay. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. 
Hello, hello, Higher Perspective podcast listeners and two of my favorite human beings on the world, Pam and Eliza. Uh, I am Allison, and I'm excited to and honored to be a part of today's podcast. As a tarot card reader, I thought it would be um, a bit of interest to talk about a card that freaks many people out, but is one of the most beautiful and inspiring cards in the tarot deck, and that is the death card. Many people think that the death card signifies exactly what it says, and that is death, but the truth is the death card signifies great change. Uh, could be, you know, whatever the surrounding cards say, it definitely points to significance, change in one change is also very necessary so next time that card shows up get a great big smile on your face because know that great change is on the way for you you know aren't we just so blessed with our friends we are right they're so smart and they're so intuitive and i love it like shout out to our friends so allison is allison of mother chakra meditation she does amazing meditations, and we hope to have a lot of our friends who you've heard today on our podcast absolutely come join us. Yeah, for just solo for solo episodes, and and we can talk all about meditation and tarot. But yeah, I don't think there's anything to add to that one. Mic drop. Thank you, Allison, for your wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> you you said it better than I could. So. <laughs> I love it. Transformation, change, like. It does look scary. So thank you so much because I think that was a very smart call out to make. I, I don't um, do tarot readings, but I just know sort of anecdotally people get afraid. You know, that's a block. People may not do tarot because they're afraid of that very card <laughs> coming up. And it's like, does that mean I'm going to die? Like, hold on. I don't want to see that. So thank you for, for explaining that. And that makes total sense. I remember when I got the death card a few times, I was getting it a few times at a certain point in my life. And I was just like, oh, my God, where is my mother? <laughs> I want my mommy. Aww. But then I learned more about it. You know, yeah, it's transformative. But I'm definitely never a fan of the tower card. So as long as I don't get the tower card, I'm good. And can you explain why? The tarot card just is just like a bunch of challenges that I already have enough of them on my plate. Like I don't want, <laughs> like I'm done. Like what more do you want? <laughs> you know, tower is crazy. And so for those who may not be familiar with the tower card, it is like people like falling out of the tower. <laughs> like the image is like, oof. Okay. Like how can you soften yourself. this one? Up? Yeah, exactly. There's no softening this one up. So, yeah, that that's like transformation too. But like you said, it's like through a lot of challenges and 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 rockiness. Um, so I feel you, girl. Well, thank you so much to all of our friends for your support and for these wonderful questions and for sharing your light, your energy, and your wisdom and. We so love you and can't wait to have you guys on as featured guests. Yeah, absolutely. That wraps up the Q&A. But I think it's important to say that, Pam, all your friends have sexy voices. <laughs> so do yours. <laughs> and I just, I really love, I just, I don't know. I love that like, people, brought, people brought great questions yeah, forward. Yeah, they really did. You guys really showed up and thank you. I'm actually like really excited and I can't wait to put this out amazing thank you love you guys love you guys